Today on Journey Together with Ritz, we'll be touching on some sensitive issues and we do recommend you direct the attention of little ears around you elsewhere or pop in some earbuds. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Super excited to be with you all again on Journey Together with Ritz. I have a very, very special guest with me today. Miss Natalie McGlaris. Natalie, want to say hi to our friends? Hello, friends. (laughs) Well, I'll give you all just a little introduction on who Natalie is to me personally. Uh, Natalie and I, we have a really interesting history. It turns out like even our parents are somewhat intertwined. I have cousins that know her family really well. They went to school together and like grew up in the same stomping grounds, basically. And Natalie and I didn't really meet until I want to say our high school years. This is BC before Christ. And even then we didn't really know (laughs) each other. Like we knew her cousin was a friend of mine through a relationship and we just were never in close proximity to each other. And then lo and behold, God would save a gal like me. And then I want to say maybe a year, <laughs> a year after that, uh, he saved the gal like Natalie. And being in the trenches of Chicago lifestyle, Boricua upbringing, you know, just things happen in life. And it's really crazy. I think, was it? Was I at your, no, was it at your quinceanera? No. Did you have a quinceanera? Yeah, you were at my quinceanera. I was at her quinceanera. Yeah, you were there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to remember that date too much, but I do remember being there. And for again, through friends, family, like her, again, I've been at this girl's quinceanera, but not have an actual relationship with her. And I just praise God for... Um, his goodness, because once she came to know the Lord, we began developing a friendship. And even then, um, it took, I want to say, maybe a couple years before we really got close. But Natalie is a dear sister to me. She is a mother of three little ones. She's married to her darling, Sam. Natalie, just give us a little breakdown of your family and and how you kind of interpret our time and meeting each other once you got saved. Yeah, I was trying to figure out the time frame of that because how old were you when you got saved? I was yeah. at your baptism. I think 25. Okay, oh, I think that was you were the at my first baptism. time. I was at your baptism. That was the first time I had seen you in so many years. Didn't even know that you were a follower of Christ. And I wasn't. I wasn't saved actually then. I was just attending church. And yeah, that was my first, I think my first service. Interesting. So oh that, that was really cool. Um, that is really cool. So we ended up, I ended up getting saved at the church that Maritza was going to at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I totally forgot about that. But now that you bring it up. Um, so we're talking some years here, y'all. Um, some really deep, wonderful, many painful years. So when I say I'm bringing someone like Natalie McLaren onto the podcast, it's it's I don't take that lightly. I have been an actual witness to her life and vice versa. So we have a very deep and special rapport with each other. And you know, God, cry, has, <laughs> God has used her to help shape the really the woman I am today in many fashions um, and, and help even prune me and correct me and love me in my mess and in each other's messes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we've been really blessed to have just a really special covenant uh, relationship. And that doesn't come easily. That takes working Natalie and I are very different and the Lord, right? I I mean, period and the Lord period. (laughs) Because I, I honestly feel like the Lord used you to teach me how to love. You remember that time where 
Camp Tony, Tony Camp, Camp was like, hug your sister. Yes. You guys, I had such a hard time with maybe being affectionate, like especially towards, you know, towards other women, female you know, like yeah, yeah, female relationships, you know, because my relationship with my mom is a little rocky for a while, and I'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Lord used her. Like somebody like was like a hug her. I was like, uh, uh. So <laughs> like I don't even know how to hug. <laughs> the encounter, okay? God is doing a deep work, and I decided to show up super late to this prayer night. Uh, we were having this was young in our walks. And yes, you know, the Lord, he's always doing more than one thing. We, we can be, I will speak for myself. I can be very self-centered, self-focused thinking, you know, kind of the world revolves around me, especially early in my walk um, with the Lord. And, you know, I got here, I got to that prayer meeting super late and the Lord put me on blast in the best way possible. And we had a, a gentleman who's like really just a father in the faith. Uh, Tony Kemp there, and he was praying and prophesying over people there. And I tried to sneak in quietly, and I probably stuck out more like a sore thumb. I even re- remember the Holy Spirit telling me as I was getting ready because I was purposely at late. And I remember him telling, like, don't worry, I'm waiting for you. Like, you could come, you could show up three hours late, honey. It's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna change. Um, you have an appointment with the Lord today, with Jesus today, right? Like, so that moment that kind of set the trajectory and our relationship kind of really took a turn because God was doing something in you and he was doing uh-huh. something in me. And yeah, I remember that uh, Tony Kemp, I just began weeping, really. I mean, wailing, like sobbing uncontrollably. And the Lord was healing me of some things at that point in my walk and Natalie was just standing there kind of like deer in headlights and Tony <laughs> Kemp called her out and said hug her hug her hug I'm blast right now Natalie but Natalie okay. it's like she was trying to hug a pig it's like she did a little side hug and <laughs> tried to like embrace me I don't know if you didn't want to get my mocos to get on you or something I don't know. I don't know. Like what the beginning of our kind of like friendship looked like. She didn't want to hug the porcupine. And (laughs) I was using the porcupine to show her how to love. That's really the art relationship at all. I love it. (laughs) I want to kind of, I want to, I really want to focus on, you know, just you sharing your, your story and what God Mm -hmm. has done even pre- coming to know him if you can if we can just kind of shift a little bit and talk to us what pre-Jesus to you looked like what was your upbringing like uh you know with your parents and you know you have a sister and things like that let our friends know like what that was like before coming to the Lord and then what happened when you came to the Lord what happened after that baptism day (laughs) that the Lord started to do inside of you yeah Okay, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and my parents were together up until I was about 10 years old, and my dad, I remember it vividly, like my dad sitting me down on the couch and letting me know that he's going to be moving out, and he was going to be with my mom anymore. And I can cry now, which is a blessing, because at the time, I didn't. And it was, um, it was almost like my emotions like shut down in that area. And for a long time, I, I didn't feel like I was like, okay, yeah, you know, whatever makes you happy, you know, that's kind of was my thought, whatever makes you happy, you know, and he's, he's always been a great father, um, was always in our life, me and my sister at the time. And, um, But the relationship between him and my mom was really rocky. And my mom had a really hard time um, with that separation. And so I had to grow up fast. And I had to take up, take responsibilities that I shouldn't have had to because my dad left, right? The covering was gone. Um, I was exposed to things that I shouldn't have been exposed to at a very young age. About, um, can you tell us what age you were when that happened? I was 10. I was 10. 10. 
Wow. Yeah. So I was, you know, exposed to pornography at a young age, um, you know, because I was, you know, at a my cousin's house who, you know, we were left on supervised yeah Yeah. because my mom had things to do right so yeah it's just you know friends peer pressure things like that boys yeah it was Mm. I was just exposed to things at a young age that I I shouldn't have been and that carried on um until my teen years and my my dad actually came back for a little bit um when I was about I want to say around 14. Okay. Um, Would you say that was a traumatic moment for you when that, when he said that he was leaving, do you feel like that that opened up kind of something for you? you, You're vulnerable. Would you say that that was a traumatic moment in your life where, I mean, essentially, obviously you don't know the Lord yet, but would you say the enemy used that your vulnerability in that time? in retrospect, right? Like hindsight to trap you and yeah, for you know, sure. some kind of in bondage, right? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I was uh, on top of that, I was looking for a void to fill. So then I would look to men, well, boy, you know, teenage boys, they weren't men then, but I was looking to them to fill that void and there wasn't boundaries. There wasn't yeah, there wasn't guidance. There wasn't, like I said earlier, like that covering wasn't there. And I felt like mm-hmm. that was an open door just that the enemy can, he used. So um, I, I would like just kind of jump from relationship to relationship and high school. What do you believe you were trying to fill? Like when you say I was trying to fill a void, what specifically were you looking for or what you thought you needed in that, in those relationships? I wanted to, I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to be seen. Yeah. And I, and I would see the imperfections and, you know, in those relationships and I'm like, okay, you're not the one onto the next one. (laughs) So, and I was scared of rejection because I seen it. So, you know, as soon as there was like a little red flag, I'm like, nope, you're gone onto the next one. I experienced that as well. And I call it um, just really self-sabotage or I would sabotage your relationship. Um, So I'm completely understand what you mean by that. Like as soon as I saw like something that was not lining up to what I wanted, Mm -hmm. shut down and I would just completely sabotage, which kind of sounds like what you were doing. Like, okay, X to the next. That's what we called it back then. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, So there was a few traumatic events in my life. My dad, my parents were separated. They weren't even divorced. So he had came back into to to my life from maybe 14 to about close to 18 years old. And then he decided to leave again. And this time, similar to the last time, my mom was devastated, brokenhearted. And, you know, we went on a trip to Florida to kind of like a little getaway, like me, my sister and my mom. And that trip, I'm bringing this up because it's significant. Um, When we came back from that trip, my mom and I came back first. We were on like standby. So, you know, sometimes you you don't get on the flight. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get on the flight. And my sister with her godmother wasn't able to get on that flight. So she took a Greyhound back. And so we were back home and, um, I think, sorry, it's been so long, but you know, I think it was a school day. She came, she came back and she wanted to like go pick up her homework and be with her friends. And she came back from us. So it was like right away, we didn't even really get to, to see much of her. And she, uh, went with her friends and she was on her way to volunteer for, for school, like they did some volunteer work. And as she was crossing the street to get wow. to the bus, mm. um, a car hit, hit her. Wow. So um, that and was like those of you right, that right when we know, came back. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, this is uh, Natalie's sister, Emily, that she's referring to. And how many years apart are you all? 
We're five. Five years, five years apart. apart. So how old was she when this happened? She was 13. Hey, so she's 13. She's crossing the street. She gets hit by a car. She was a trying, car. she was going, she was going to the bus station. She was going to the bus stop. Oh and goodness. as she was, she ran across and um she ended up getting hit by a car. And she sustained <sighs> traumatic brain injury from that accident. So on top of the separation, this happened. So it was super, it was just a mess. It was yeah. a mess. My sister was in a coma for a very long time. Um, she was in kind of a vegetable state for a very long time and had to learn how to walk and talk all over again. And still to this day, she's not completely healed. There's, you know, she has some issues. She still has traumatic brain injury. Um, but yeah, so so that happened and <laughs> I was trying to help my mom. We had to take turns at the hospital and it was just, a, it was a lot. It was a lot. It's a lot. I can't even imagine how much stress and painful that was to witness, you know, in your life. Um, you know, I have, you know, my siblings, you know, I have many of them, but my most immediate siblings that I grew up with, if I, if I saw them sustain something like that, and really it's a miracle that she survived. Mm -hmm. So uh, we praise God for Emily. Um, (laughs) So, so that happens. You Mm -hmm. have, your parents are separated. They are not officially divorced yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Your dad leaves, comes back, leaves again. Then your sister sustains this very traumatic event, um, brain injury. And now you're at a place, where are you at now? Um, Because you still haven't encountered the Lord. You're still living, living the Vida Loca. (laughs) You know, however you want to live, right? Like, let's just be honest. If you don't know the Lord, you just live for yourself. And even if you know the Lord, unless you're willing to submit to his ways and his love and him, period, it's not going to really go well, <laughs> you know, speak from personal experience, even in that regard. So, so what's happening now after something like that happens, you know, you're trying to help your mom take us through the process from here to you know, you encountering the Lord and what that was like. I think both of us were trying to, my mom and I were trying to cope with it the best way we can, mm-hmm. but, you know, we turned to alcohol and mm-hmm. drugs mm-hmm. and well, at least I did and partying mm-hmm. and kind of, those were some really hard years, um, 18, mm-hmm. 19, when my sister was in that, in that state. And, you know, we weren't even sure what it was going to look, the future was going to look like, you know, my mom wasn't home all the time because she would stay at the hospital as well. And so I, uh, in that, I, like I said, I was partying, I was yeah. drinking, drugs. Numbing, numbing it up. That's what I like yes. to call it. Trying to get yes. really nice and numb because why do we turn to those things anyway? Why do we turn to these destructive lifestyles? Because we're in pain <laughs> and we want desperately to not feel that reality because it's so incredibly painful. And it is just easier to, to numb it. It's easier to just, you know, smoke a pound of weed with your friends over a weekend or shroom or whatever your choice of um, <laughs> of destructive uh, vehicle that you you yeah. decide to use, whether it's alcohol, uh, porn, all of these different things, right? Like you just try so desperately to bury all of those layers of pain. So what happens at this point? W- w- you know, you mentioned earlier um, that, you know, you showed up to my baptism, <laughs> which I vaguely remember, but you didn't know the Lord yet. So what was happening in your life at that moment or what led you even to show up at a church, 
you don't know Jesus, you're getting invited by my guest is Frankie, which is another mm-hmm. mutual dear brother of ours, covenant brother um, in the Lord. And, you know, what's what's going on in Natalie's mind at this point? You know, I, I do recall you being in a relationship and there were some things that occurred there. Was that part of, uh, you know, please, you know, share with us and let us know what kind of led you to showing up at church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was just, yeah, I was in, I was in a, a relationship and self, what is it? Self, what do you call it? Self-sabotage? Oh, sab- self-sabotage, relational yeah. sabotage. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So, and, and I thought I really loved this person, you know, and I, and I really hurt, I really hurt him, but there was other things like I, in, in that time frame, you know, between my sister's, um, accidents I had an abortion um mm-hmm. I like I said the drugs the drinking I was in relationships and then I wow. found this relationship like my savior ah, right yeah <laughs> like it's all a gonna functional, be different now yeah a functional savior for you right <laughs> yeah and um and I sabotaged it and I was like noticing the patterns in my life and I was like I can't do this anymore this, this something needs to change because Mm -hmm. if not, I I think the word destruction is perfect. Like I'm destroying my life. I was Mm -hmm. so broken and hurt over my decision to abort my child. Mm -hmm. And that really messed me up. And then the relationship, um, being broken. Uh, so yeah, I was, yeah, I was wanting change and you're wanting change. And I, I, I am aware of, you know, this part of Natalie's life in, in respect to knowing that she's gone through that because I have also gone through that. And so when I say I can empathize with you fully um, in regards to, um, you know, the topic of abortion, like the pain that comes with that is just excruciating and it's just coupled with all the pain in between, right? Like no one wakes up saying, oh, you know, I can't wait to, you know, do this today. Uh, But, you know, when your mind has been saturated with so many lies and then just culturally and and then coupled with all of the pain and traumatic events that have happened, like you think you're doing you're making the best choice for your life. But Mm -hmm. deep down inside, you know, like it's wrong. Yeah, even yeah. even as an unbeliever, I knew mm-hmm. that it was wrong. And that's why, you know, I want to it's just there's a lot there to unpack. And I don't want to uh, put you on the spot to unpack all of that. But it just takes you further down the rabbit hole of pain. Right. Yeah. So you're looking for change. It's very clear. Uh, all of the places and doors you've opened to try to get that change is not working. Mm-hmm. You show up to church. And so what happens after that, after you start coming, I don't remember, I don't remember um, mm-hmm. how many times you had come at that point, or if that was the first time, but what starts to happen to you? Because um, it's not very long after that, that you come to know the Lord, but it wasn't instantaneous either. No, Walk no, us no, through no. That. Yeah. I, uh, it took me a few months. Was it was it Easter that you got baptized? It might have been there. Uh-huh. It might have been, or if that was a separate service, I can't remember. But I I feel like it was a couple months, and um, and I remember the pastor of the church. He had seen me a few times, so he approached me after, and he's like, "Hey, you know, like, how are you doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just one of those days where you're like, you can't you can't hide it, you know, you can't like, hide it. I'm not, I'm not okay. (laughs) Mm. And I was struggling with unforgiveness, like unforgive, like I couldn't forgive myself for the things I I had done, the people that I have hurt. And I mean, there, there was, there was a lot, there was a lot of people I hurt along, you know, the way. Mm -hmm. And, and it was probably the Lord, like revealing those things. Right. So that I can come to a place of repentance. And he used that pastor yeah. And was like, hey, if you can't forgive yourself, if nobody else forgives you, I know somebody who will. 
And, you know, I grew up in Catholic church. I've heard, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. But right there, my heart was so open to receive. And and it was so real to me, Marissa. Like, it was so real. Like, I can be forgiven. And, you know, he walked me through the gospel. And he he shared the gospel very clear and plain and asked me, like, do you believe this? Do you want to receive this? And I was like, yes, you know. And hallelujah. It was instantly (laughs) that I felt brand new. Praise Like it was like, I'm not the same person. Like I, I knew that I had been forgiven. Like I knew that I was forgiven. That's so powerful. I I knew right away. Like it was just an instant, like instant change. (laughs) I mean, obviously the renewing of the mind takes time. That's separate. That's separate. separate. And I know that people come to the Lord, have that experience and think that their life is supposed to just be great and perfect after that. But you and I have come to find that actually target is like created on the back of your uh, head for the enemy to even, because prior to the moment, you're not a threat to the enemy, but mm-hmm. now you're saying yes to Jesus and Jesus is who the enemy has beef with. <laughs> so Anyone mm-hmm. that belongs to him, to the Lord, now he got beef with them too. Yes. And really, that is just, I have, y'all, if y'all could see me right now, my eyes are like already getting puffy because I knew I wasn't going to survive without crying listening to this girl. But I do remember, uh, you know, these moments in your life and um so, so grateful for uh, that pastor who is, uh, I will share Pastor Kenny, uh, just a father in the faith, incredible man of God. Him and his wife, Nellie, have a church uh, on the north side of Chicago, Urban Rock. Super grateful. We honor them and mm-hmm. for everything that they've sown into us um, early, back early in those days. So thank you, God, yeah. for sending them for, for you know, Pastor Amen. Kenny, for asking that hard question Mm -hmm. and interrogating right like (laughs) you know like no one really asked you know what I mean like unless you know the Lord right like he knew like something he discerned something yeah and he you know in him approaching you and obviously that was the Lord orchestrating that and so Mm -hmm. super grateful for that moment in your life well I'm gonna tell y'all when Natalie got saved I've already been saved probably a year and a half, two years, maybe at this point. But here's the thing, you know, sometimes you get saved and you still carry a lot of fear. You're not really sure. It's like you're surrender. It's almost like your surrender. Like you could get, you get born again. You get, you come, like you said, it's instant. And it is because once you receive that, that gift from the Lord of just for him, forgiving you and you confessing that to him to receive, to be received as one of his own children, it's set. It's set in stone. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. However, <laughs> the sanctification process mm-hmm. and all of the things, you know, because when you come to know the Lord, your memory don't go away. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're still you're still vulnerable. You still have things that, you know, it's not like there's just a reset button um, you know, <laughs> in our lives that we could just hit reset. And then everything yeah. is just, you know like brand new, right? So I'm going to say Natalie, her coming to the Lord, it stirred up such a fire amongst us because you had some believers in that group of people, myself included, who knew the Lord, but we were not experiencing everything he had for us. Like I said, I personally did not have, you know, was not fully uh, just surrendered uh, in my in my walk with the Lord at that point. I was kind of like hesitant and trying to figure out, like, do I really want to throw myself? I did one day and then, you know, I was kind of like the double minded person at that point and immature in my walk with him, which he gave so much grace for. Um, however, something happened in Natalie. I don't know how to explain it, y'all, but there was just such 
a different, she literally went from going, walking one direction, one lifestyle, one way, one day, and completely did that 180 and began walking a different way. And I don't know how to describe it, except that it challenged the heck out of everybody that was around her in proximity to her myself included. And so you began walking with the Lord at that point. What is happening? You know, in that short period of time, we started to experiencing to experience some very powerful encounters with God. I feel like the Lord just put this kind of like holy burden on you to pray to fast and then started it bringing you around people who were really hungry for God. And you began to invite, you know, the people you're around into that. Talk to us about what started to happen in that process for you as you began your walk with Jesus. Um, I think it's important to mention that I was just raw and real with the Lord. So good. And I remember just being in tears and like, God, and going to the word, right? I'd go to the word yeah. and I'd, I'd, I'd like lived in, in the Psalms and I'd hear, you know, I'd read um, like the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I'd mm-hmm. read scripture verses like that. And I'd be like, Lord, if this is real, then I need it. Like I need, if you're the only one who satisfies, then I need it. And I remember just going to the word and calling him out on those promises on those on those words. And I'm like, Lord, I need that. And just being broken before him. And I honestly feel it was such a bittersweet time in my life. I was so, I was so broken. I was so raw and confused as far as like, what is happening? My life was completely different. I, you know, you lose friends, right? Um, there's just so much that, that, that was going on and, and still feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Right. Realizing like I I was still healing from that relationship. This was like the first time I had ever been single for a, for that long. And so like wanting that, like realizing that there was a void that I was trying to fill with men and like, okay, God, if your word says that you are a husband, okay, like, what does that look like? What does that look like? So I feel like that time uh, like intimacy was built. And I feel like that was what created that hunger because I was like, if this is true, then I need it. Ah, so good. And so I wanted to be around other people that were like that or who had it, who seemed like, you know, in my eyes, like, man, this person, they, they're rooted, they're rooted and their foundation is in Christ. Like I would, you know, I would see, um, you know, Danielle and Dave, um, the leaders of the small group that we became a part of. And I'm like, they, they, they know Jesus, their lives are completely sold out and they're surrendered. And, and I wanted that, like, and, and, and I wanted to share it with others. Like, it's not just for me. Like, this is for all of us. Come on guys. You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. That was for sure. The thing that was just like, you, you know, this, Fire had begun and you were just throwing wood on that bad boy and like gasoline on that on that mug. You were just like, "Uh uh-uh, we going, we're not stopping now. And I do feel like that was the Lord that brought those people. You know, Dave and Danielle are some very uh, dear, incredible uh, brothers and sisters that we know personally. They're covenant to us. They were leading a small group and Natalie just so happened to know people that were connected to them and was invited into that. And like she said, you know, really you were like, there's a room for all of us Mm -hmm. and there's room and people actually live. They're not just saying things because Mm -hmm. I think we can do that. We can speak a lot of Christianese in the church, but our lives don't really reflect it. And that's unfortunate. However, we were blessed to know and to be invited into that space. And I'm super grateful that you were able to connect with them. And it was a Lord. It was, it was absolutely God. And I remember the first time, you know, this small group that they used to lead for <clears throat> called the liberation. I remember Natalie taking me to this 
small group. She's like, you got to come. It's so great. And we're going to worship. We're going to pray. And I was like, I don't know what this girl bringing me to, but I was all for it. I was like, okay, sure. Let's. And I will never forget being around them. And, you know, when I say you can't fake something like that, when somebody carries what they carry, it cannot be manufactured. It is not behavior modif- modification. It is mm-hmm. so genuine. Yeah. And so powerful where you know that you're kind of, you don't know what you're stepping in being on like the puddles of the overflow of their lives. Mm. It's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. To the point so where good. I remember being there and feeling like, I don't know if I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> you get saved every time you go. Saved all over again, y'all, because these people, they're just lovers of Jesus. Mm-hmm lovers of Jesus. And I want to encourage you all, if you don't have people like that in your life, you are missing out. Find them, do whatever it takes to be around it because it is so contagious. And, you know, all the things that you feel that you felt like you were stuck with all of a sudden, like the Lord starts to open up, you know, new channels in your heart to receive things that you have probably prayed about for years, you know, you know, as you're sharing, Natalie, I'm reminded immediately of John four, verse 23. I'm going to read the amplified version. It says this, a time will come. However, indeed, it is already here when the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, reality. For the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his worshipers. And when I think of that scripture, I think of you, Natalie, where you genuinely, you said this earlier, you're a raw and real, just like, sign me up for whatever you have, Lord, your word says it. I want to, I want to see it come to fruition in my life. And I felt like because you dove in the deep end with the Lord from the get that genuine love. And he just, you made yourself available. And so he poured himself into you. You got filled more and more and more. And it was so, it it was so contagious. Y'all we started to go to these Uh, small group gatherings. And we started to experience God just on a completely different level that we had never experienced. Honestly, I I will fail to put words to it, what we experienced, but it was almost like a a mini awakening. I don't know how Mm -hmm. to describe that season of our lives, but we just kept bringing people. It was like the table kept getting extended. Every time we went, it's like the table, using those tables, Uh, you you knew, you knew people ain't going to know about this, but they got tables where you could put the extension on them and make them bigger. It was almost like an, an extension was added every week. There was always room at the table for you to come to receive and pray and worship. And just, Mm. I mean, whatever you were carrying, you can come. And it was so exciting to come and we look forward to it. We met every Saturday night. For I don't know how many years, y'all. I'm not talking about weeks. I'm not talking about months. Years. 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 It was years where we would dedicate it. We dedicated our single, because we were all single. Most of us were single, I should say. Not all of us, but most of us were single. And what else were we going to do on a Saturday night? Prior to that moment, we were wasting our time at the club. Mm -hmm. Drinking and trying to be with our friends who don't know Jesus. And it was just, it would just lead us into trouble. Really. It would just lead us into places that we just no longer, we knew we didn't belong. We knew that those things, Mm -hmm. we knew that because they didn't satisfy us because we finally Mm -hmm. found what really satisfied. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that is in fact, what you were carrying and God, he just, again, you were just this open vessel and he was able to pour himself into you. And, you know, Natalie, you were just, just so you were just such a a central piece to all of us coming together and that. So I'm super grateful for you, for your willingness and your openness to go all in, right? Because I don't know if we would 
really, if we would have experienced that, obviously I can't, you know, God can make a way where there's, you know, he could do anything, Mm -hmm. but he just so strategically used people in those moments. Right. So because of the brokenness, because of your identity that was so rooted in what you were brought up with up until that point, because now you're in your what mid twenties, knowing Jesus and, you know, I've seen Natalie's life. She was single and pure before the Lord. And I don't mean just physically pure. Like purity is not just, I'm not having sex. (laughs) Purity Mm -hmm. is mind, body, soul, everything. And watching her walk through that, you know, and allow the Lord to really just use her was really special. Can you talk to us a little bit about now you're going back to you. There was, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, but I do recall you were living on your own. You had your own apartment over there on mm-hmm. Ashman mm-hmm. and you sensed from the Lord that he wanted you to move back with your mom. Yes. I was actually, I was teaching. I yes. Went to you were teaching. That's right. I went, yeah. I, I went to school to become a teacher. Um, and so I was teaching and then the Lord tells me to, to quit my job and to become my sister's caretaker. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh, because I left that, right? That was that was a that was a mess. I'm like, oh. And I just didn't, I just didn't, I didn't want to do it. But in obedience, I did. Mm-hmm. And and the Lord used that. The Lord used it to shape me, to mold me. It was hard. Uh, those who know my sister know that she is that easy. It's not <laughs> that, easy. Um, so my character was challenged there was lots of trials but it was an open door I was able to go to ministry school because I you know her caretaker and so I had the flexibility to go to ministry school go on tons of mission trips yes awesome we've been on a few together we have incredible times together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just the Lord (laughs) He directs our steps, right? It's like yeah. the scripture. We may have a plan in our head, but when we say yes to Jesus and we're surrendered, he directs everything. So, you know, fast Talk forward 2010. It. Yeah. We we go to ministry school and Marissa was there too. Yep. Um, I'm I am there's where I met my husband. Whoop. Um whoop, whoop. and <laughs> you know, the lib was still going on. My husband mm. came in, joined the lib, and we knew that. We wanted to live for Jesus and whatever that looked like. Mm-hmm. So I, we got married and we decided to, and we had a, a, a child. We had a son, our first son, Nathaniel, Judah, George, Blair. and, um, <laughs> and we knew that we wanted to do f- missions full time. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where, and we prayed about it. And through ministry school, we were able to go on mission. Uh, and internships yep. overseas and Sam did his in Thailand and the Lord confirmed through words and dreams and stuff that that's where we were supposed to go. So we prayed for a few years, just, you know, okay, God, <laughs> prepare, yeah. let us know when. And we moved to Thailand and that was amazing. That was, that hard. was, that was hard. It was hard to leave. It was, I, yeah. And I was people I love always leaving yeah. me. Uh, yes, yeah. she went to Thailand. So she went to school. So it's so crazy that that surrender that you did that moment in time just set the trajectory up for you to encounter so many incredible things. And it didn't come without a cost. I mean, no, it no, no. cost <laughs> everything. You you gave up so much to to take that route and it was not easy however by the grace of god he sustained you he provided for you he did so much he shaped you into who you are today and in that gave you beautiful gifts and was super excited and living vicariously through natalie when she met sam and i was shocked i couldn't believe it that this whole time you know they were both sitting under my nose at ministry school and you know, to all of our surprise, this brother want to straight holla at my girl. <laughs> Wonderful. 
And um, he was he was more than qualified. And I'm so grateful that he pursued you. And uh, Mm -hmm. he was so intentional with you and loved you. And uh, they had an incredible wedding. I was her maid of honor. We had so Mm -hmm. much fun. Then they had their little munchkin and then they left. Uh, yeah. And then I, I and was, that was hard. Was but it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was hard, but yeah. it was good. And we knew that God was doing something really special, but mm-hmm. she's back. She came mm-hmm. back. How many years were y'all were there for three years? Almost two, almost two. Okay. We came back on furlough, not planning to move back. Um, mm-hmm. We were thinking, and we'd be in Thailand. And definitely. We just, we were ready to, to, to live out there, yeah. but, the Lord closed those doors. He mm. confirmed it through several things. And we just had no peace about going back. And we, so we stayed. My husband had to go and get all of our things, or not all of our things, get, get some of our things. And we came back and we had to start all over <laughs> again. Yeah. Right? We and didn't that, have I don't want to fail Yeah, I don't want to fail to mention that you had Jakey while you were out there. So her second born mm-hmm. child, because they got three. Her second born child, you actually had in Thailand. And yeah. how much mm-hmm. different was that experience there versus in America? Oh, so different. So um, different, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, in front of the hospital where, uh, where I gave birth, uh, they were dedicating an idol. So there's oh. like tons of people like in front of the emergency room. I'm like in labor. So, we don't have a grid for that. We don't even got a grid for that here in the US, right? So I'm really grateful you you guys were able to experience that out there. And then you came here when you came back to the States and then you made your home here in the States. Then it was shortly thereafter that you got pregnant with your baby girl and, and you had a little Gracie here. And uh, now how many years have you and Sam been married? We're going to go on 10 years married. Wow. Um, and uh, let me see about, five years being back and we like I said we had to start from scratch you know we were living back with my mom Sam had to find a job and man God just he's so good we I mean my husband just a a little FYI like he's Greek and so I don't know if you know much about Greeks but a lot of them own restaurants (laughs) (laughs) and so he was like we come back, you know, I think I want to open up a restaurant with my brother. And initially that, you know, that wasn't the plan, but it ended up happening. And we ended up opening up a restaurant and moving on the South side of Chicago. Our restaurant's called Bacon and Jam. And so good, y'all. This is shameless (laughs) plug. Bacon and Jam on the South side is worth the drive. Uh, So brunch spot. Food is incredible. Uh, y'all have been so successful with establishing that and opening the doors there. Survived the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Food is just really, really good. So bacon and jam. Make sure y'all check out bacon and jam. <laughs> Delicious. Still having dreams about that Nutella. I don't know what it, no, it was. The red velvet. That's what it was. Mm. The red velvet pancakes or something along the lines. French toast. Oh, red velvet. French toast. French toast. Delicious. Mm-hmm. So, so it's funny because people would be like, that doesn't sound spiritual, right? Like we were living overseas, doing full-time mission, you know, missions, and then we come back and we open a restaurant. <laughs> so I think people really get caught up on the word mission and they automatically associate that with being in another country where you know with x y and z people like when you come to know jesus you automatically become a missionary so Mm -hmm. it actually doesn't matter where you are you should be on mission that mindset needs to be we have to be on mission with wherever we are Mm -hmm. and let's just be honest you know 2022 in the states i don't know where you know (laughs) <laughs> the missionaries are needed probably more than ever here because there is so much uh, dysfunction and waywardness happening in our, you know, stateside. I mean, come on, let's, you know, be honest here. Like, obviously we need, we need to be led wherever the Lord is leading us. I think that's really what it comes down to. And you all were being led and 
I mean, I'm not mad. I was super happy that you came back. But, you know, it's not the same because we have families, mm-hmm. work, um, you know. So, you know, our relationship was very, very close for a period of time, which was super grateful. And I want to encourage anyone out there in your season of singleness, however long or short it may be, or if it's if it's your lot in life, that's OK, too. <laughs> not everybody is called to be married. However, take advantage, use, you have so much, uh, to, you know, advantage and time to give of yourself when you're, when you're in that season of being single. Um, and again, if it's your, if it's your lot in life, well, I mean, don't hold back. Um, you know, the Lord can use you in such a, a precious, precious way. And so we know quite a few single people. And so I want to encourage those that are out there, give yourself completely to him you know, in whatever you're in, you know, if marriage is something that the Lord has in store for you, well, he'll bring it, he'll bring it to you, you know, and you just need to be ready for that. I remember after you got married, I was still single and I was, and I was scared to ask the Lord for those things. And it wasn't until he confronted me personally about marriage and why I wanted to get married, because, you know, I think growing up, just my idea of marriage was just like, okay, well, I just want to get married because I want to, you know, I want to be intimate. I just want, I want the goods, but that's not what marriage is about. In fact, that is a very, very shallow and faulty perspective and view on what marriage is. Marriage is according to the Lord. There's a mystery between what, between what the Lord does between a husband and a wife and it's sacred and it's beautiful. Um, but it's not, it's, it's, it's work, you know, you have to work at being intentional and loving your spouse and, you know, Matthew 18 all day, you know, every week on them and <laughs> vice versa, you know, it's, it's not cupcakes and rainbows. Obviously we want healthy marriages and that's really wonderful, but you throw, uh, kids in the mix, a new restaurant, bacon and jam in the mix, life can get a little crazy. So where would you say to your, you know, just kind of sharing all of the things, kind of taking us through, you know, what God mm-hmm. has done in your life? What would you say would be like the number one thing, you know, after looking back and thinking what God has done for you? What is something that He's burned and kind of etched inside of you that you feel like, yeah, like this is, I know we were talking about broken families. I feel like, that having healthy families, knowing what that is, knowing what that means, and even your identity, because that was a big deal as well. Yeah, the Lord really used the church to to expose and to heal things in my heart, specifically when it comes down to my parents. And I've had some very sweet but hard conversations with them sharing my heart with them about how I was hurt um, with my father, him asking for forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, even asking my mom for forgiveness and her at, you know, she asked me for forgiveness. My mom wow. ended up getting saved in the mix of all yeah. Of that. Too. Yeah. Let's um, not forget that. Yeah. So God has used mm. the church in such a beautiful way. And I mean, like, not just like going to services. I'm not talking about, I'm talking right. about, people who invested time to to counsel me and to ask me hard questions and you know bring me back to those memories like what were you feeling then right and 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 exposing things in my heart which allowed me to find healing and freedom yeah. and to speak about these things and break things off right break those generational curses off yeah and so that i me and my husband can begin our ministry with our children. Right. And right. Because we have no grid of what it looks like to be um, raised by biblical parents. We're doing this with the Bible and just from what we see modeled. Right. But we don't really have a grid. And so even those areas, our minds still need to be renewed and we still need to, you know, seek counsel, you know, when our children are going through things or we see you know, sin in our own heart or things that we are carrying that are from our parents that we need to to deal with. It's just been a beautiful journey. And, and it's, it's a journey, right? It's a journey. It's not, it's not just, okay, we got saved. This is, this is it, right? God is still working things out. 
he's mm. still healing. He's still sanctifying. And that hunger has to be there, right? Yeah. It wasn't just for that time. How many times have we Absolutely. heard, oh, you just got saved like that. It's fresh fire, right? It's, yeah. that, it's new. Right. It's the newness, the honeymoon stage. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're hitting the nail like, on the head, honey. More, we yeah. need Jesus even more so now. It's like once we've tasted and we've seen, it's like, how can we go back? There's there's no turning back. Where else are we to go, Jesus? You are you've given us, you know, eternal life. You are the words of eternal life. So it's mm. it's just yeah, fast forward, you know, we we're here and we're hungry and we are a family on a mission. So regardless whether we are in Thailand or in ministry school or on doing short-term mission trips or evangelizing, um, we are family on a mission. And if it's through yeah. prayer, you know, because some of us, some of us moms, we can't do those things. We're at home with the little ones and we can't do the things we used to or the things we want to or the purposes that God that we feel like God has for us, right? Maybe we've gotten words like you're going to do this or, and and we're like, I don't see it <laughs> because yeah. I'm here changing diapers, right? Yep. Well, there's purpose in those things too, right? God uses all of those things. Yep. That's where the shaping is done. That's where prayer warriors are birthed, right? So, I mean, it's family on the mission. Once we've given our lives to the Lord, that's it. It's a surrender. It's what your will be done. <laughs> no matter where it is and what it looks like and what season it's like, just use me however you please. And if it's serving your husband, <laughs> if it's, you know, serving your children, cleaning your house. I mean, maybe not all of us are moms, but at the workplace, right. Yep. Being a good steward of what God has given us. I, yep. I don't know. Like just, with that mentality, like I'm living completely sold out for Jesus and everything I do is to glorify him. So put me wherever, I don't care, put yeah. me wherever. Everything I do, I want to do it unto the Lord. I want to glorify him. So powerful. <laughs> what would you, what would you say to someone who is struggling with that? I feel like sometimes, and I don't want to just, you know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I feel like this. No, I, I, I sense strongly that we can so easily disqualify ourselves. And so therefore, when that happens, when the disappointment happens, uh, expectations are not met, doesn't happen. You know, we frame God and we try to put him in this box that we create, this invisible box that we create. Um, And then we get angry at him for not coming through the way Mm -hmm. we think he's supposed to come through. Mm-hmm. What would your encouragement be to the mom or the woman out there listening to this, thinking like, I'm too far gone. There's so much brokenness and pain in the world. Like they're so overwhelmed by what they see in the natural. What what would what would your encouragement be to them? How do you get past that? I, I can only speak from what has worked for me and and that's prayer mm. and being real with God right? You take those disappointments to him, but also keep your ears open and keep your heart open to him to to hear what he has to say, because he will show you, you know, maybe he'll expose things in your own heart that you need to repent of expectations, or maybe, you know, there's things that that need to be just dealt with in in our own hearts, right? So for me, I always go back to prayer. I always go back to prayer. Like, bring it to the Lord, mm. man. He's not, he, he's not afraid of those things. He already knows what's in your heart. Bring it to him. Be real with him. If you need to go into your bathroom and like scream, like Jesus, I don't know why this is happening or, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. do it because yeah. that's, that's being real before the Lord. And I think he honors that because yeah. I feel like when I did that, when I, when I held on to those promises and I, that's where he met me. He met me in that place and he can heal those areas because you're, op- you're inviting him into that space. Yes, You're inviting him there. Yeah. That's so powerful. We could easily be on a call for three hours talking about this stuff. <laughs> you know? Easy. But I, I do honor and respect uh, Natalie's time. I know she got her little ones. I love that you shared that family on mission. And just even changing the way we think about that, like we kind of try to segregate and keep things separate 
like, okay, Jesus is in this pocket and we kind of compartmentalize those things. But Jesus, he should be just, he should be integrated in everything. Um, It's not just something we do on Sunday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we've heard that a lot in our, in our culture and in the church, you know, like, oh, you know, like Sunday service scores or things like that. But it really is, it starts with you. It starts with prayer. It does start with those. And they sound so easy and they are, Jesus's ways are very simple, but it's so crazy how difficult at the same time it can be. And it's only difficult because I think we get in the way. We set different priorities. We don't prioritize him. We don't prioritize prayer. We don't prioritize being a part of a local body. We don't prioritize our relationships and what we should be cultivating, you know, but we'll spend all day, you know, watching hours of Netflix or whatever program of your choosing. And being in our word. Yeah, and, and being, being in our word, word and allowing That's the so word. Important. So this is really, this is really good. But I was having a conversation with my husband, I think yesterday, and we were saying like, we started doing Bible studies. And I know that you do prayer night or Bible. Do you do prayer night or Bible studies? Or is it mixed um, on Thursdays, every other yeah. Thursday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's not like a set thing. It's, it can, sure, it sure. can be praying one day or reading yeah. the Bible yeah. So Natalie and I go to the same church and she, her and her husband actually need a house church. And um, the women that she's building with, you know, they're intentional and have been building time together through prayer and, and the word. And also here on the city side uh, where I am, we have also been meeting for Bible studies and uh, the women have been meeting and it's been so rich and so good. But one of the things that Paul, my husband and I were talking about just yesterday were that we love allowing the word to just sit with it and let the word do its work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if because in our culture, we want everything fast, everything instant. And unless we really take the time to actually, because it's not a monologue that we are in a relationship that we have with the Lord, you know, it's dialogue. We need to not only just pray and share and tell and, and read and check it off our list, but <laughs> to receive yes, yes, and actually receive. wait on him to, to speak to us. Yeah, I don't think that's something that people want to sign up for because it doesn't happen on a time frame that they want it to happen. And unless they really want, like you said, something that's genuine, something that is real, that's sustainable, that's going to carry you through until you go and be with the Lord one day or until he comes back, unless we are actually doing those things, I don't know if our walk with him would even survive. I know for myself, when I've been away from my word, when I've not been praying, Things are going downhill really fast. Yeah. You get in the flesh real quick. Your yep. thoughts like your are thoughts aligned with truth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. You it's like you you have a greater dependency. Like I need this. <laughs> and yes. memorizing the word too, you know, and, yes. and reciting it and remembering it. So many wonderful disciplines that are so beneficial mm-hmm. for yeah, us. For sure. So thank you for sharing that because it's really gold. And I know sometimes we hear things like this and it's like, Oh, I've heard this before, but I cannot tell you the countless times that the word talks about remembering and the reminders of constantly, you know, Paul was speaking to the believers, actual believers and repeating to them things and way in the way they should walk and live their lives. You know, he didn't just say it one time. He said it different times in various ways to different, you know, and so we need that. (laughs) We need to set those reminders because we're, we're forgetful people. We are forgetful. We are absent-minded. We can be, you know, kind of like, you know, what, especially when you're in, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, man, when you throw some shorties in the mix <laughs> and I'm, I walk into a room and I'm like, what did I come in here for? <laughs> Dang it. So I will take your laughter as agreement. So yes. I just want to thank you so much again. I, like I said, I know we could be on a call like this forever. Uh, this episode means so much to me and um, I'm so grateful for your surrender. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for 
just what God is doing in you and your husband as one and your children, you know, and, and what they're receiving from you all in that respect. So thank yeah. you for this opportunity. It's humbling. It's like, man, this is so cool or where the Lord is, what he's plucked us out from, right? It's so humbling. It is. It, it's really special. Again, I am going to encourage you all to visit their restaurant. And when you go, <laughs> make sure you tell them, I heard you on Maritza's podcast to Natalie or tell her husband, Sam, when you when you visit. So they know that you, you heard it here first. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you, Natalie. Thank you all for jumping on this episode with Journey Together with Ritz. Super grateful that you all could listen in again and was really grateful for Natalie and her story. And I hope you all will stay tuned for the next episode. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. enjoyed this episode maybe someone popped in your head while you were listening if so make sure to go and share this episode with them and if you haven't already please do subscribe and leave a review or send me some encouragement if you're in the ig world you can follow me there at journey with ritz and see tons of adorable pics of my family can't wait to connect with y'all talk soon